Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about the 36 dramatic situations. Now, before I get into that particular topic, uh, I'd like to extend to you a welcome to listen to some of our other fine shows that we have on this podcast every week. Of course, here you are on Friday with the Friday show. You're in the right spot to start yourself off. But then tomorrow, we have another episode of on today's episode or on this episode. And in that one, Anthony is going to be discussing the fourth episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Then on Sunday, he comes back and does a new show called The Weekend Wire. Then on Monday, he's got a show called Monday Madness. And then on Thursday, Archimedes Abigail delivers you some of the weekly news as well. And that puts you right back here onto Friday before your weekend. And so it's, it's the end of your week. It's the end of your work week. Hopefully, I mean, for most people, for many people, that's like a standard work week is like Monday to Friday, but your, your work week may start on Thursday. It might be Thursday to Monday. I don't know when you work. You should tell me when you work so I can be a little more conscientious of it and a little bit more, um, uh, graceful, I guess, when I when I talk about a work week ending. Anyway, the weekend's coming up, but that's not it today. Today, we're like I said, we're going to be talking about the 36 dramatic situations. So after a brief week intermission, where I decided last week to uh, allow you to tap into my mind stream, <laughs> un, unfiltered, unstructured, and uncensored, well, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not not completely uncensored. Um, that uh, I don't think is a thing that the internet is ready for. Okay, the internet is probably uh, ready ready for it, but I doubt you, fine, distinguished, cultured people are ready for an uncensored Dustin. Uh, well, maybe maybe you are. Fair enough. If you are the listeners of Culture Jack, so your constitutions have obviously proven themselves very resilient. Maybe the only reason I haven't gone online completely unplugged is maybe that I'm not ready for it. Maybe I'm the only thing holding myself back. How profound. I can't be the only one, though. The only one with such dark thoughts that if anyone ever heard them out loud, I would be jailed, committed, or put down. I mean, (laughs) like every news story that I've ever taken in, I have taken on every role. The victim, the assailant, the protectors, the witnesses. I have felt their fear, their confidence, their panic, their helplessness, their helpfulness, their hopefulness. And maybe that's an overdeveloped empathetic response, or maybe it's just an overactive imagination. Regardless, perhaps I was not as uncensored as I would have you believe last week. Last week, it was just kind of that stream of consciousness episode where I just, I didn't have a structure and I kind of went off the cuff just talking a little bit about the things that were on my mind. But even this here, as impromptu as it may seem or feel, is a written tool that I'm using to help develop a story 
that I want to, I want to tell you though. If I told you it wasn't just an earlier stream of consciousness that I've recorded, I'd be lying to you. It is, however, no less sporadic and spontaneous. Believe me when I tell you there are no second or third drafts of this podcast. Where was I? (laughs) Oh, yes. I had told you two weeks ago that I was going to continue this exploration of story form and format. I had started by examining Kurt Vonnegut and the University of Vermont and the revelation that most stories fit into several very specific shapes. Those two specific examples, though, are very modern examples. And though I'm sure there are even older inspirations for this school of thought, the one I promised you is from 100 years ago. In 1921, Georges Pulte's 36 Dramatic Situations. So this this could, uh, in fact, end up being quite the podcast because my intention is to explain these dramatic situations and give a modern example of each of them. And maybe we might find that some of these story structures have become outdated or obsolete and are no longer one of the quintessential storytelling motifs that Pulte believed them to be. Before before I get into those, though, before I get into the dramatic situations, some of you might be wondering why I'm, I'm looking into story formats and as to why I am intrigued by their shapes and their tropes. Mm. Specific tropes are a topic I'm going to need to sink my teeth into at some point as well. The reason, though, that I'm so infatuated with these things at the moment is because all of the media and entertainment that I love the most usually involves a a narrative of some type. Be it a movie I can lose myself in for a couple hours or a book that hooks me for a couple of weeks. Some of the major draws of the video games I play are the well-crafted characters and their trials and tribulations. Even the music that I listen to, the ones that have like a solidly uh, scripted plot, a story in their lyrics, I find that much more enjoyment in. So allow me (laughs) to tell you about Spicy McHaggis' pipes and his schlong. Thank you very much. After this episode, I will make a return to talking uh, about video games and superhero movies. And, and you know, maybe afterwards, we'll all understand them a little bit more than when we started. Or more than I understand them anyway. So, with all that put to the side, on to the 36 dramatic situations. Now, I found this list of definitions on changingminds.org. So if, if you want to play along or follow along, this website offers some really good definitions. So get ready. We're going in. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> the, first, uh, the first dramatic situation is supplication. Now, there are three elements to supplication. There needs to be a persecutor, a supplicant, and a power in authority whose decision is doubtful. So a person asking for something in a respectful way from a powerful person. In this situation, the supplicant is chased, harmed, or otherwise threatened by the persecutor and begs for help from the power in authority. 
asking for help against enemies, uh, charity, entreated uh, in, in by those cast off by their own people, or supplication on behalf of another are some of the variants outlined in this situation. I looked up uh, movies built on and around supplication themes and couldn't find many of them that I'd immediately recognize. Then when I saw the variant about asking for help against enemies, I realized that this is the plot of Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, which inspired numerous spaghetti westerns, A Bug's Life, and can even be seen in Studio Ghibli's Princess Mononoke. Hell, themes of supplication are existent in most popularized anime today. Cheekily uh, referred to an anime as Taka no Jutsu, wherein the protagonist will often beg the antagonist to change their ways. Supplication was also used in the live-action remake of Mulan, where Mulan begged for manpower as she was not in a position to handle the situation on her own, so resigned her fate to those generals in power. And another one I just thought of that I, I didn't before I sat down and recorded this, uh, The Emperor's New Groove, where John Goodman's character had to ask David Spade's character for help. Well, I guess it'd be less supplication there because... He was the one actually committing the atrocity on his character. But that's the, the first dramatic situation. The next is deliverance. Now, the three elements required in deliverance are an unfortunate, a threatener, and a rescuer. In this situation, the unfortunate is threatened by the threatener and is saved by the rescuer. And now that I think of it, this situation falls more in line with that seven samurai theme than does that of the supplicant. But most uh, of the superhero movies as well that we enjoy today find this theme heavily impacting their storyline. Now think of Ego, the living planet, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. The unfortunate would be the people of the different planets that Ego began to consume or absorb as the threatener. Then his plot was foiled by Star-Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy, who represent the Rescuer. And you see this trope play out in many action movies. Any plot revolving around like a kidnapping or a hostage situation, when an archer shoots an arrow through the rope that their comrade is being hung from, is a classic example. So think like, like Robin Hood and those sorts of things. Moving on... <clears throat> The next is vengeance of a crime. In this, you have an avenger and a criminal. As you could have guessed, the avenger seeks vengeance on the criminal for past crimes. Not to be, you know, too on the nose about it, but think about the primary arc in the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Thanos committed a genocide and the Avengers turned around to seek vengeance for it. Now, there are several variants outlined in this situation, and the vengeance doesn't have to be purely for a murder, but it could be for dishonor, seduction, injury, false accusation, violation, robbery, or deceit. Pulte explains that we enjoy these stories of vengeance because it gives us a sense of righteous satisfaction that a villain got what was coming to them. One very prolific modern take on this is the John Wick franchise. Well, you know, the, you know, the first movie, anyway, I haven't seen the other movies, but the first John Wick movie had him, you know, seeking vengeance for what they did 
to his dog. But I assume that the other ones, you know, two, three, and are they at, <laughs> are they at four yet? Uh, follow kind of the same same story beats, the same plot. Other movies include The Crow, Gladiator, Kill Bill, The Godfather, all examples of vengeance of a crime. Now, as we go on, as we as we wade into these 36 dramatic situations, try to think of the movies that you have seen or the books that you have read that encompass these ideas. And as you go forward watching new movies and playing new games, try to identify the situations that are portrayed. Like uh, the lady in that TikTok said, it ruined movies for her. But I think this might help us see them in, in maybe a new light. These situations I am noticing already seem to have some overlap with one another. I mean, there may be touches of supplication layered on top of vengeance of a crime and then, you know, deliverance and others that we'll talk about here in a moment. But now that I'm thinking about it, these are very specific plot threads. Well, Vonnegut and the University of Vermont studies were very general, simply measuring the emotional trajectory of stories. It makes sense then that there were so few shapes of stories and many more specific dramatic situations like these ones that we're talking about today. How about, how about this one? How about vengeance taken for kindred upon kindred? In this one, you have to have a, a avenging kinsman, a guilty kinsman, remembrance of the victim, and a relative of both. So at first, <laughs> this seemed like splitting hairs with just the basic vengeance of a crime. 36, Georges? Really? More like 35 dramatic situations, am I right? Now, reading a little bit more about it, though, it usually is a little more emotional as there is uh, inherent trust in a family. So if a family member has wronged another member, the betrayal is that much more impactful. This familial bond in stories is also extended to um, not just families, but tight knit groups like a group of mafiosos, a, a, a band of pirates, a seedy underworld crime organization, or maybe a group of Wall Street executives. In places where there is an unspoken rule, like a, an honor among thieves or a pirate code, in this situation, the guilty kinsman harms a victim and are punished for this serious transgression by the avenging kinsman. How could you do this? We were family. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, Dom would be uh, so disappointed. Uh, don't you know, family is all that matters. Of course, Vin Diesel from Fast and the Furious. It was a bad joke. You didn't have to laugh. I mean, if you did, thank you, but you didn't have to. Uh, a good example of this one would be The Lion King or its inspiration, Hamlet. You know, Mufasa was killed by his brother Scar, who was then avenged by Simba after, of course, he did some some soul searching and found out that his father now lived in the clouds. The next is pursuit. And to successfully write a story with pursuit elements, a person needs to have a punishment and a fugitive. In this, the fugitive is pursued, caught, and punished for some miscreant act. Now, there's a couple of ways I see this. Either a hero is after a criminal to seek justice for some misdeed, again, overlapping with those vengeance motifs, or 
Perhaps a hero is on the run for a misunderstanding or an action they had to take outside of what is acceptable to achieve a more desirable outcome. You know, sort of like a um, the means, uh, the ends justify the means or something along those lines. So we talk about Marvel a lot. So how about Captain America and the Winter Soldier? A good portion of that movie was Steve on the run from S.H.I.E.L.D., covert, covertly, of course, being uh, the cover for HYDRA, or after the events of Civil War and the passage of the Sokovia Accords, Steve, Sam, Scott, Clint, and Natasha all went on the run after their violation of the Accords. Another great example uh, in, in recent modern storytelling and cinema is Mad Max Fury Road. Now, Furiosa was on the run uh, with Max for most of the movie, almost the entire movie. Oh, man, that was a really good movie. I, I got to watch it again. I, I wish my son was just a little bit older to watch it with him. I mean, I guess we'll get to that point. I don't need to rush it, of course. Uh, anytime there's a story with a chase in it, be it from the villains or from the heroes, this is the dramatic situation that is being referenced, that of the pursuit. Then there are, are movies and stories that attach themselves firmly to the next dramatic situation, the disaster. The uh, I feel like this one is pretty self-explanatory. I'm, I'm going to give you half of a beat and see if you can take a stab at a movie that falls into the disaster category. All right, so I'm just going to take a minute. I'll be here. You think for a moment. I'll, I'll hum for you, will you? I don't know what song that was. All right, I've waited long enough. I'm so impatient, I can't wait any longer. Hopefully you've come up with some kind of disaster movie. If not, I've got something I can share about you. Think about the movie 2012. Twister, Sharknado, Godzilla, World War Z, Akira, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I mean, this was easy. This was, this was a walk in the park. Basically... A calamity occurs and harm is a result of that calamity. Pulte argues that when harm is caused in this way, a disaster story invites the reader to join an adventure of survival and perseverance to perhaps save others or perhaps seek vengeance on the source of the disaster. We take away a, a gratitude that we've heard a disaster story and we're grateful that it's not us going through those hardships, we've also uh, were unnerved by these kinds of stories. And, and through that, may be inspired to brainstorm what we would do in these kinds of situations. The disaster, it doesn't have to be world-ending either to, to fit into this category. It could simply be a defeat, a death, or a abandonment, or even just ingratitude. And this is why I said in my last episode on the topic that I don't believe simply because there are, are certain tropes and situations that stories could easily repeat and replicate that there exists a lack of originality in storytelling mediums. I mean, those movies that I just listed for the disaster situation are all so markedly different and I am grateful that they each exist. Mad Max Fury Road has disaster elements, as does the Avengers, as does John Wick, as does Samurai 7. Uniqueness is found in between the lines, between the broad strokes of your favorite comic book and TV show. Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> Calm down, Dustin. <laughs> We're going to do three more of these dramatic situations, and then I'll give you, you know, back the rest of your day. Uh, and I know I said this was going to be the last episode on the topic for a while, but I am having too much fun uh, digging and perhaps digging too deep into each of these. And so this is going to be a multi-part series. I will discuss nine dramatic situations in each of the next three episodes. And that should give us all a, a sense of closure to the topic for now anyway. And don't worry, I will alternate these episodes with, you know, more classic culture jacked fare as well. All right. On to the next dramatic situation. Falling prey to cruelty or misfortune is the seventh of Pulte's 36 dramatic situations. To successfully incorporate this thread into your story, you'll need an unfortunate and a master or a misfortune. In this, the innocent unfortunate is harmed by accidental misfortune or by a deliberate master who should know better. Falling out of favor, being made into a victim, finding oneself forgotten, or being robbed of their hope. Immediately, this reminded me of another Studio Ghibli film, Howl's Moving Castle, wherein the main character is quickly cursed by a witch for unwittingly catching the eye of another powerful wizard. Another Ghibli film, Spirited Away, features Chihiro losing her parents to their own gluttony before she herself is forced into servitude by a witch that runs a bathhouse for otherworldly spirits. This trope or particular story is often associated with children or other types of innocence. And so think of the like the out-of-towner who is taken advantage of by someone that they think is an ally or a friend. How about this one? How about the 1996 movie Kingpin where Randy Quaid is betrayed at one point by his benefactor, Woody Harrelson's character. Or really, even the betrayal Woody suffered at the hands of Bill Murray's goons at the beginning of the movie. All examples of the falling prey to cruelty or misfortune. Next up is revolt, requiring both a tyrant and a conspirator, and very simply, it is a conspirator leading or contributing to a revolt against an oppressive tyrant. And this doesn't have to just be one tyrant or one conspirator. It can be many or few of either or both. This theme appears in so many movies, shows, and books. In Hunger Games, when they all rise up against the government. In Game of Thrones, as Khaleesi leads the slaves to revolt against their masters. In V for Vendetta, when the titular V rouses the dreary-eyed public to rise up against the Orwellian Big Brother government that has kept them under their thumb for so long. The Matrix, Star Wars, Braveheart, Elysium, The Handmaid's Tale, Harry Potter, and Gladiator, all stories about variable-sized revolutions. And the last dramatic situation that we're going to talk about on today's episode, Pulte's ninth dramatic situation is called Daring Enterprise. To correctly portray a daring enterprise, a story needs a bold leader, an object, and an adversary. Usually, there is some kind of preparation involved, then a trial of some kind like war or combat, and then the desired object or person is 
carried off, captured, or recaptured. There is usually some type of adventure associated with the plot as well. So right off, I thought about Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm always thinking about Brad Pitt and what I can do to more closely mirror his life, his persona, and spirit in my everyday dredge. But this time, I thought about Brad Pitt first in the movie Ocean's Eleven. But then come to think of it, any heist movie really fits this particular narrative. Then I thought about Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards, where his character led a ragtag group into World War II Germany to kill Nazis. But then, come to think of that, any movie about a ragtag group led into World War II Germany to kill Nazis also lines up well with this theme. And speaking of, he did that other one, you know, Fury, about the tank contingent. And then I thought about Brad Pitt in Fight Club, but I'm sure that particular movie embodies many of these other situations as well. It was very weird. I guess what I'm saying is for the daring enterprise situation, you just have to think about Brad Pitt movies. Although I'm sure there's probably others. Whew. All right. We did it. We made it through nine dramatic situations from George's Pulte. We've only got 27 more to go in the coming weeks and months. I'm going to try and take a look at nine every time I do one of these. And then on the next one, instead of movies, I'm going to try and find examples from popular video games, if I can. Though, I, I most likely will slip back into movies for examples, especially if I'm struggling to find a video game example. And like I said a moment ago... Uh, this is looking like it's going to have at least three more parts to it. So look forward to those alternating with other topics about video games, movie production, drama, ideas on innovation, and whatever else currently has my attention in a uh, media culture zeitgeist. As we, as we take this journey together, please let me know what the stories you thought of as we traipse through the situations that we talked about today. What popped into your mind as we discussed the disaster plot? Or, or what did you automatically think about when we talked about vengeance taken upon a kindred? I'm really curious to know. But that's it for the Friday show. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. And like we said at the beginning, stay tuned for our other shows. On Saturday, we've got on today's episode then the Weekend Wire and Monday Madness and the News Desk and then another Friday show ne next week. If you haven't already, leave us a review. Five stars would be nice if you can afford it. If you can spare that many stars, I know uh, times are tough right now and review stars are hard to come by. So if you can only if you can only manage you know two or three stars, we we appreciate whatever whatever you're willing to give. <laughs> sir may i have some more <laughs> you can also get in contact with the culture jack show uh at culture jacked on facebook and twitter now there are reminders so if you are a facebook user still if you're still you know back in 2014 and use facebook uh like the facebook page because we will remind you when new episodes come out on that uh or twitter at culture jacked as well you can also send us an email at culture.collective dot x2 at gmail.com but that's it for the friday show thank you again so much for joining me i hope your weekend is way better than your week was even if you had a great week and we'll see you on uh, next next friday cheers <laughs>